What's going on, everybody? Welcome in. We're here, the Thursday episode before the Vanier Cup. Obviously, that is like pretty much the only thing we are going to talk about today because, yeah, we're hyped for it. We are absolutely oh yeah making a ruckus about the Vanier Cup. It's not just that like it's the Vanier Cup. I think that it's the Vanier Cup after a year away. That yeah, makes it's like this the... like even more exciting. Like it's just kind of like all this anticipation and all this build up, and then we got let down with the canceled season. And this year, we got all that anticipation and all that build up plus the extra that we had left over from last year. Ah, <sighs> so there's a nice. lot of anticipation for this. We are freaking excited. And guess I almost what? dropped a curse. I almost dropped a curse word on this for the first time in a long time. That's how excited I am. Golly, Kirk Cousins. But guess what? You know what the referees are using? At the Vanier Cup, Fox the 40? worldwide leader in whistle tech, Fox 40. If you want to be like the referees and the coaches, I'm assuming, because who wouldn't use a Fox 40 whistle? Head over to fox40shop.com, enter the code CFP15, and get 15% off all your whistle needs. You got the tri-layer whistle mask, the whistle gator, coaching boards, merch, you name it. 15% off CFP15 at fox40shop.com and get geared up for the conference finals this weekend and the vanier cup with sawdust city beer put some of that sawdust city beer in your fridge you can do so by visiting their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their great selection of beers ton of amazing fall beers out right now can't wait for the winter beers that are going to be coming up as well Check that out at sawdustcitybeer.com, like I said. And while you're there, you can use the promo code that we have for you this December, CFL. Use CFL at checkout for free shipping on your first order of $100. Obviously, you have to be legal drinking age to get in on this, and you must be an Ontario resident. Now, staying in Ontario, I've got something that I want to talk about. We don't have too many too many nuggets for news and notes, but I've got something that I really want to talk about because this has been bothering the living hell out of me. I'm sure we all saw this. The Ottawa Red Blacks put up a, basically it was like, we stand for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders through the playoffs and it was their logo, but it was Rider Green. Ruffled some feathers, rightfully so. I mean, it's don't kind get of me funny, wrong, right? Like they had, it's funny. Like they had the but, uh, the Saskatchewan Stan account. Like it's funny, yeah. poking fun. It's a way to gain interest on social media. It's good, but like some people are pissed off and whatever. I understand there's some historical grievances there with the name, but like, come on, it's 2021. If you're still butthurt about that, um, you got bigger problems than a green R. And if a green R is making you pissed off on social media. You need well, to go to therapy. <laughs> well, yeah, really. But like, I, I understand. No, like, If you are getting that upset over the fact that someone posted a picture of yes, an R. Of a green red colored differently. Like, I'm pretty sure they did the same. We did the same thing for St. Patrick's Day. Well, your yeah. logo is not red, green and white. <laughs> Who cares? It's a logo. I, it's social media. I get, I get like where people were mad, like, oh, like we should, we should be pissed off that we were a losing team and all that. Let me tell you from a fan of a team that is now right now, 0 10 and one and is continuously losing. This is my NFL, NFL fandom coming out. I pick a playoff team every year because my team's not in the playoffs. I'm not ashamed to admit that. 
Now, I am a Lions fan, so I have to be pretty brave already to admit that openly on air. But it's the same thing. Like, yeah, I get that it makes you pissed off because, you know, your team's not winning at all and that there's, like, those historical rivalries over the name and whatever. But, like, seriously, seriously, like, and everybody that was, like, absolutely and not just like at the at the red black so like social media team but everybody that was coming for chris hoffley specifically that was that was absurd like that was ridiculous come on like i understand that you're pissed off and whatever but like come on really you're gonna come at like the the head of communications like was it a little ridiculous sure but like at the same time it was a bit of a joke it was it was a bit of a joke but like you as fans everybody that was like that pissed off about this that they needed to like be ridiculously disgusting to Hoffley on Twitter, like show a little respect, like, come on, show some respect for, you know, like the kids and the interns and, you know, the, the working people that run the social media department for the red blacks and show a little respect for, you know, the guy that runs the whole shebang, Chris Hoffley, because they do some good work with the Ottawa red black social media team. So screw you guys that were being ridiculous on Twitter over this. I it's thought it was pretty hour. funny. I thought it was pretty funny. Like, um, let's talk about some more CFL news and notes. Uh, first of all, the Ravens picked up Chris Trevler just in time for me to go to Baltimore. Whoa, <laughs> look at that. Can you get it? If you show up with a Strevler jersey, I guarantee you he would sign it. I am going to be touching the sky from my seat, so there is no chance in hell that I will be in <laughs> position to get it signed by Chris Trevler. But with that being said, uh, December 5th is now Argos Day in Toronto. John Tory declared that because the Argos opened as one-point favorites over the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Connor? Oh, they Connor. did. Where are we going? Um, So this is the part where we do our very minor CFL preview because I don't know if you know the other two guys uh, that help out, or the other three guys, I should say, that help out with this. Uh, I fuck. This is gonna be our very brief preview of the CFL playoffs because uh there's there's three other guys on this podcast network, uh, aka Marsh, DT, and Mello, who do a very good job and are gonna give you some really, really good in-depth previews on the breakdown, the A block and marshmallow. So we are gonna get our two cents in here with our gambling stuff. But this is a Vanya Cup podcast. So without further ado, yes, you said it. Line is at one. Eric Rogers, I should mention, Eric Rogers is going to be back in the lineup for this one for Toronto. Um, coming off an injury, I don't know how, uh, how how many targets he's going to get necessarily in this game, but I'm sure he'll be used as a good... He's a player that you have to cover down on no matter what. So at the very worst, he's going to be an effective decoy. Uh, but Hamilton has been playing lights out football. That defense has been absolutely rolling. However, they scare me this year when they play Toronto because for whatever reason, they they can't figure Toronto out. They don't look like themselves when they've played Toronto. They have to go to BMO Field. Uh, regular season, the Argos undefeated at home. I am going to take the playoff experience of the Hamilton Tiger Cats in this one, though. Yes! I'm going to do it. I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like it's the type of football that Jerem, it is, it's a pick em. And I feel like the type, if I'm going to go with a pick em, I'm going to pick the players with him. playoff You're experience. Him. 
I'm going to pick Jeremiah Masoli with playoff experience because he's been playing damn good football as of late. And I'm picking that defense who, when they want to be, are the best or second best defense in the CFL. Um, Certainly the best defense in the East when they want to be. I, I have a friend who's a very long time CFL season ticket holder with the Argos. He Chuck guaranteed an Argos victory this weekend. Wow. And we all That's know bold. how Charles Barkley guarantee buttons work out. Uh, so I'm definitely going Hamilton. Look, last yeah. time we played, Hamilton tried to take a ton of deep shots and they just missed. We know the they inverse did. relationship between distance of or depth of target and completion percentage. They tried for a lot of deep targets and surprise, surprise, they missed a lot of them and it pushed the game out of reach. I don't see them missing those. Like that was one of Masoli's first games back. He's comfortable. He likes playing Toronto too. I think that was like the second time he's ever lost to the Argos. Uh, I, I just feel like Mazzoli is going to have a big day. This is yeah. why he is the starting quarterback whenever he's healthy because he plays so damn well down the run in the postseason. And this is that moment for him to kind of be like, yeah, I'm not going away. Um, I think they're fired up. They want that home Grey Cup chance. And they want another crack at Winnipeg after 2019. This game is Phil Collins. You can feel it coming in the air tonight for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. You just can. Uh, they're hosting the Grey Cup. They know that. They're locked on that. But obviously, they can't be focused on that. They can't be too focused on that, I should say. They still have to play the Toronto Argonauts, but they are close to hosting that Grey Cup at home. But who are they want to move into the second Winter game Peg here? or the Land of the Living Skies, Saskatchewan? Do we even Winnipeg really need to discuss point. this one too much? Okay, here, here's my thing. Winnipeg's an eight-point favorite. I'm saying that's Winnipeg, disrespectful. I'm saying Winnipeg win, but Saskatchewan to cover because eight points yes. is a lot. I know yeah. Saskatchewan's offense has looked very poor, but they can turn it on when they need to. And I think they're gonna keep it close at least. They're not gonna get I'm gonna say they're not gonna get blown out. They're gonna get blown out by like 20. This is just the way it works when we pick things. Uh but Lucha's Perfoy uh Perfoy had a weird incident uh, at a restaurant so his status up in the air jay dearborn wasn't out there for the start of practice uh i think ac leonard also missed a bit of practice today too so there's just a lot that's kind of there for saskatchewan to lose this game but i feel like that's kind of like i don't know i picked them last week and i was right so i'm gonna pick them to cover but not win this week hopefully we keep the streak alive who knows if but it's, uh, it's gonna be winnipeg in the great cup this is yeah i have to agree with that and I mean, realistically, if if Paredes didn't have like the first off day for him in like 365 days, Calgary would be playing in this game. Um, I I don't think I think with this one, Cody Fajardo, if he plays a game where he throws four picks, it's done. It is done immediately. You can't do that and win against a team like Winnipeg. They're just too damn good. They're too damn sound. Uh, I saw Andrew Harris running around in the tunnels today, and it looked like a Winnipeg win. It just looked like a Winnipeg win. Uh, so yeah, I'm going, I don't think Winnipeg's going to cover eight points. Um, and now here I say that and you're right. It's going to be like a 20 point win for Winnipeg, but I, I really hope that, you know, for the sake of what it is, it's a conference final game. I, I hope that Saskatchewan can keep it close, but yeah, no, I, I really do think that Winnipeg is going to end up in the gray cup. So if you really want some bets, Moneyline Winnipeg, parlay it into Saskatchewan cover and see what that does for you. Uh, 
let's get to our Vanya cut. This is why we're here. This is why we're here. Why we're here. This is it. Uh, let's go. 1 p.m. CBC. Laval, the host. Western Mustangs on the road. Saskatchewan Huskies didn't even leave Quebec. They stayed all week long. The Western Mustangs, let's start there. You want to start with Western? Okay, okay. Let's start with Western. 51-24 over Waterloo. 29-0 over Queens. 61-6 over St. FX last week. Last time they were in the Vanier, 2017. They had to play. Surprise, surprise. The Saskatchewan Huskies to get there. Colton Clausen was a member of that Huskies team. But this time, it's a little different. Here's how it looks for Western. Yeah, let's run down the defense. Key contributors that you're going to need to watch out for. You should know these names by now, but we're going to run them back anyways. Deontay Knight, the defensive lineman, the OUA lineman of the year. Austin Fordham Miller, who did a damn job of freeing up those holes for Deontay Knight. Kojo Odum, Rory Kelly, Danny Valenti the three studs in the back and the secondary of that defense. One of my favorite things about this Western Mustangs defense is their front seven. Uh, They have a very aggressive front seven that is, uh, you know, it's just a game record, very good at disrupting the flow of an offensive play, but they don't need to bring all seven to get it done. Like they do a really good job of creating pressure and dropping guys into coverage. Like I've seen times where, you know, they're bringing four and five, not necessarily loading the box and they're still able because of the guys that they have, like those Austin Fordham Millers, like those Deontay Knights, they're still able to create a lot of pressure without, you know, bringing extra guys, those Mike linebacker type blitz plays. So I like that a lot, but I want to say this one thing, this is my like not so hot take. Well, maybe not a hot take to you. I think you're going to agree with this, but we need to put OUA fans on notice. We need to put U sports fans on notice. Austin Fordham Miller is an absolute game wrecker for the Western Mustangs. He might not show up in the stat sheet a whole lot, but he's one of these guys. We love him for it. The F the play up guys. Austin Fordham Miller is exactly that for these Western Mustangs. And he's part of the reason that Deontay Knight has been able to be so productive this year because Fordham Miller is just eating all these double and triple teams and still being you know productive and still being disruptive in the backfield while he's doing so. And let's talk offensive side of the ball. Built from the trenches out, ground up, especially ground up with these guys. Uh, you saw the offensive line get nominated as the player of the week last week in the Mitchell Bowl. Keon Edwards, Trey Humes, two of the best running backs in the nation, and they split carries. Like these guys have 10 touchdowns through the playoffs. We saw, you know, in the Yates Cup, it was. Keon's three touchdowns and then the Mitchell Bowl looked like it was going to be Trey's touchdowns and then Ed, uh, Edward Winati came out of the backfield and had his touchdown so uh, with these guys like you get power you get speed you get agility you get just like straight up slippery runners like they are tough to get a hold of tough to bring down if you can get a hold of them um but at the same time, you can't get complacent. They have a true rookie quarterback in Evan Hillock who came from STM down in Hamilton, one of the best high school programs. And he plays with a ton of confidence. He rips the ball around the park. And with Savon Magnet Jones and Brett Ellerman, that's a big pair of receiving 
uh, targets. Like Brett Ellerman is physically huge. He's a savvy vet. He knows what to do, when to do it. He's been in these big type of games. And Savon Magne Jones has been electric with the ball in his hands. So built from the ground up, but you have to be wary of these guys. Yeah, this is like probably one of my favorite stats in all of U sports. So Savon Magne Jones' receptions, he's got over 600 on 24, like we said. He's fourth in all of Canada in terms of total yardage. He's 19th in receptions. He is a top five wide receiver and has like the 20th most receptions in the nation. That's just the nature of the Western offense. Like that is how explosive he can be because the run game affords them the opportunity to open things up like that. Um, Just before we circle off of our little breakdown of Western here, I want to circle back to the defense and talk about the veteran presence that Rory Kelly brings in that back end. I know we talk about it a lot, but like, God dang, this dude is so good. I would say like, maybe we can have a little debate here on this, but Western probably one of the best back ends in Canada, probably one of the best back ends that we have in U sports. Who's better? Think about the seriously. Um, think about the plays that this back end is able to make. You have Rory Kelly, Cody Odom, Danny Valenti, like, even their young guys contribute. Seriously, think about it and try to name me a better secondary. Okay, but we talked about this with Marshall at the Yates Cup where, like, nobody really tests Western's secondary. No, no. So we can't. I agree. We'll get there. Like, it's different when, like, two years ago we had Calgary. Like, they play out in Can West. You get tested a lot. You do. And their secondary was loaded with CFL guys like Nick Stats and Dean and like you go through the list and they were all there. Trey Sean, like you had those guys and with Western, like, yeah, their guys are great, but we don't see them get tested too much. Like, but when they are certainly opportunistic, I will give you that. Uh, let's move. They're good though. at forcing turnovers. Yes, they are. Uh, let's move now to the Huskies. 39, 17 over UBC, 45, 17 over Manitoba in a just dominant fashion in the Hardy Cup where they scored most of their points just on it. I think it was like 38 unanswered. Uh, And then you turn around last week's thriller, last second touchdown, 14-10 over Montreal. Last time they were in the Vanier, 98. It's been a while. It has been a while since that last win. They have gotten there in the early 2000s, but haven't been able to win that. Vanier Cup since 98. Taking a look at this defense, it is loaded. You saw it in person last week, but it is loaded. Guys like Nathan Cherry and Riley Pickett up front, Nick Weave in the in the kind of you know hybrid linebacker spot. And then you have Charlie Ringland, who is an absolute monster of a defensive back. Um, watching that UTEC game, I, I really liked the run defense and just like the physical size. Of their front seven. So I got to ask you, are the Saskatchewan Huskies as big in person as they looked on tape on both sides of the ball? Yes. Yes, they absolutely are. That defensive line, like Pickett, Cherry, Weed, like they are bigger than you think in person. And like the offensive line, we will talk about that in a little bit, but you guys know how I feel about the Huskies offensive line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will get there. We're going to stay on the defensive side of the ball because I absolutely love 
I know you do too. Riley Pickett, Nathan Cherry, they make life incredibly uncomfortable for offensive linemen. I think that this week in this matchup, especially um, Western hasn't seen Western's offensive line. Hasn't really seen a pass rush like this. Not with, not with guys, maybe Queens was very good. Anthony Federico in his own right is very good, but I don't think Western has seen a defensive line like this where there are multiple playmakers across the board. Um, and then you have Nick Weeb, obviously, who I think this year and, you know, maybe feel free to give your two cents on this, but I, I really think Nick Weeb this year for the Saskatchewan Huskies is what Charlie Moore was to the Calgary Dinos in 2019. Like Nick Weeb for me is just, he does so much in so many different different areas on the field. He can cover, he can play the run. He's just, he's a menace anytime he's on the field. Yeah, no, uh, very good comp of that. Uh, they're both big physical guys that can rush the passer stuff, run, play in, in the pass coverage game as well. So uh, I very much like that comp and he's going to play a huge role in stopping this Mustangs run attack. Uh, let's talk DBs for a second. Cause they've got Charlie Ringland who <laughs> he's big. He's a big guy. He's solid coverage and always a plus when you can get big physical DBs that want to play in the run game too. Yeah. And I, I put this in and this felt weird, like putting in in the dock. I don't know, like reading it, if you felt weird reading it, but like talking about a corner who plays the run, like, yeah, that's, I mean, it's not often, especially I know he plays uh, the short side of the field, but like, so there is a little bit more opportunity to get mixed in with the run there, but as opposed to playing, you know, a field tight corner spot where, you know, you're just kind of out there to be out there, honestly. But I mean, with him, yeah, he's, he's aggressive. He's a playmaker. He, he just puts his nose on the football, whether it's, you know, in the air or on the ground. And it feels weird saying that about a corner, but he is, he's good. He's good in the run. And, uh, this he's long having, too. Eh? Yeah, he is a big change from Nelson Lacombo last year. Uh, and speaking of Lacombo, this Huskies secondary is missing him and Josh Haggerty. Both guys drafted last year, left the Huskies secondary, and Montreal almost put up 400 passing yards on them. Uh, it's an area that I think is, you know, in a team that's through and through with all-stars and guys that play at a high caliber, that's maybe the one area that Western could take advantage of. Yeah, we heard Josiah Joseph talk a lot about this, right? With their defense, they play a lot of match coverage. They play a lot of kind of cover four deep coverage zones. So we'll see how Western kind of chooses to attack that. Um, there's different ways you can exploit that. Obviously, you know, dropping four makes it a little bit more difficult if you are trying to attack it deep. But as we talked about, guys like Brett Ellerman thrive over the middle. So if you're gonna if you're gonna attack cover four under the coverage over the linebackers kind of the best area to to pick and choose your spot but let's talk about this this Saskatchewan Huskies offense because uh your your favorite thing and it's true it rings so true but their offensive line is seven feet tall across the board, literally the literally <clears throat> seven feet tall except the center they are seven feet tall um but no they they move like very very well for guys that big and uh Adam Macker Wanchina they <clears throat> benefit from that a lot Knocker to seven playoff touchdowns. Uh, it's it's very impressive this year what he's been able to do. And those guys up front lead the way. Yeah, they certainly do. Adam Ackert, 
what more can we say about this guy? There's so many different facets, so many different ways you can get this guy involved. He has two receiving touchdowns as well. He has seven touchdowns total. You mentioned five on the ground, two in the air. One of my favorite guys on this Huskies offense, Sam Baker. One of their one of their go-to receivers. We saw him last week in that UTech Bowl take an absolute shot from Ethan McConzo, who not one, not two, but like three of them <laughs> over the course of the game. Yeah, who Ethan McConzo, I think, I think is this uh is this the caravan of the year for me, for us, I should say. Um you're gonna have to find the, a new one. Uh, He's already been drafted, Connor. You, you I can't, know you can't use a guy that's already got a CFL team. I know, but like, I know. We'll, we'll talk about this later. Uh, but yes, no, Sam Baker taking taking shots all day long from the back end of that Montreal Caravan defense, but getting plays done all over the field. And then, you know, your favorite guy, Colton Klassen. I mean, what more can we say about this dude? I know this guy, uh, he was in the game the last time Western and Saskatchewan faced off. And I'm pretty sure he had a huge impact in the kicking game. Uh, but with Klassen, like, He's tough, man. Like you watch him play in the iron, like he's kind of shorter, especially standing next to Sam Baker. And then all of a sudden he'll just stick his nose in there, no matter who's at the point of attack. Um, I, I love it. I think it's going to be huge for the Huskies to have him and his experience uh, playing in this game. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think another guy that we might see make an impact in this one is, is Daniel Perry. He can really take a top off a of defense Four forty-three, three touchdowns this season, but uh, he's been he's been very productive for Saskatchewan in, in the playoffs. I mean, he's kind of the next guy up when Nias is going through his progressions. Kind of, oh, Sam Baker's not open. Oh, Colton Klassen's not open. Guess what? Perry's open. Or there's a few plays, a few times. I mean, he does have a long of, I, I think it's like over 70. Uh, so good receiver in his own right. But the guy I really want to highlight, the guy that we're really going to hammer home to kind of watch and and be a key contributor here for the Huskies offense. Obviously, I mean, I, the quarterback position, right? Like the most important position in football, the guy who gets his hands on the ball every single play. Mason Nias for the Saskatchewan Huskies has done a very good job this year of improving himself, improving his game. Very good field vision this year. He's done a good job of taking the ball, done a good job of taking care of the ball. 16 touchdowns two interceptions. He's really reined in the turnovers this year. He has had a great season. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch. My favorite thing about him doesn't have a crazy strong arm rhythmic passer. So talk about Mason Nias a little bit for us. With Nias, like, like you said, good downfield vision. Uh, but the main thing is he takes care of the ball. I mean, look at him from 2019 to now, such a difference. And really their team is winning now because like, Look, there was times last week where he could have thrown a couple if he passes, trying to force it and trying to get his team on the board. But uh, he took his time, took what was there for him. And in the end, the team was able to keep it close because they're not turning the ball over at a high rate like they were two years ago. And when we were talking to Josiah Joseph previewing the UTEC, that's one of the major things that he highlighted, right? Like he said that Nice is doing a lot better job of getting rid of the football when he's in tough situations. He said himself like, Oh, we maybe could have had, uh, you know, a couple more turnovers if maybe Nice pulled the trigger on some of those shots that he would have pulled the trigger on in 2019 uh, this year, reining it in and just kind of 
throwing it away when it needs to be thrown away rather than trying to force something that's not there. So, um, yeah, I've really liked the progression from Mason Nias. I think that uh, he he certainly deserves all of the praise he's gotten this year as, as one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to talk about now, like, the key matchups that we're looking at. And then we're going to give you guys our keys to victory and our predictions, and we'll be out. So uh, the marquee matchup for me is uh, trenches. Saskatchewan offensive line, three, two CFLers, one standout freshman, one that's about to be a top pick in the CFL draft, uh, going against Deontay Knight, the nation's sack leader. Uh, Austin Fordham Miller. They've got a wicked front seven with Western. I just want to see how this one matches up because it, it's going to determine the game. Scott Flory has built his offense through the trenches. Great defensive line unit, great offensive line unit. Western, as we know, Deontay Knight was the OUA lineman of the year. We know what he's capable of doing. So I'm excited to watch that. But the the matchup that I'm really looking forward to is how Western is going to choose to defend Mason Nias and the Saskatchewan Huskies in the pass game because the OUA is one of these conferences that's really built around the run. It's a really run heavy conference. I don't, I don't think that's a secret to anybody at this point, but Western, I don't think has played a team. I have never heard that (laughs) statement from you before. Wow. The tone in your voice tells me you're super serious. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't think Western's played a team that throws the ball like Saskatchewan does that has as many weapons in the pass game as Saskatchewan does. So the key matchup that I'm looking for is how Rory Kelly, Kojo Doom, Danny Valenti match up against guys like Sam Baker, Colton Clausen, Daniel Perry. And, uh, Let's talk about one other matchup here because we have Kojo Odum on not only Sam Baker, but uh, on the other side, we've got Nick Weeb going against the two-headed monster of Keon Edwards and Trey Humes. And that one is going to be a big one to me because he's going to be a big piece in this rushing attack. And if they're going to have the success that they hope, they're going to have to go through Weeb. Yeah, listen, I mean, we know what Weston's going to do. We know they're going to run the ball. That's that's not a secret. This team has 10 touchdowns between two ball carriers through three playoff games. They run the ball. So how is Nick Weeb going to respond? How are the Saskatchewan Huskies going to respond as a defensive unit? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have to highlight. We have to look out for how Sask, how Weeb and Co. is going to respond to a strong Mustangs ground game. And uh, let's look now. Keys to victory. I'm going to give you the Western Mustangs. Go ahead. All right. Yep. So how does Western win this game? I have a couple points. Uh, Keys to a Western win. You need to, like we talked about, they're missing Nelson Lacombo. They're missing Josh Haggerty on the back end of their defense. You're going to need to stress that secondary. You're going to need to get guys like Brett Ellerman open, use your PA, open up Savon Magnet Jones downfield. We talked about his stats and what he's able to do. We can't discount Justin Nixon either. You're going to need to stress those safeties, be creative with your passing schemes. And to do that, you're going to need to throw more than you have all season. I know that's asking a lot out of Hillock, who hasn't put the ball in the air too, too much this season. I mean, what, he's probably around 17 to 20 pass attempts per game. Um, Probably going to have to be up there around 30 this game, I I would assume, to 
get the effect that you're looking for. Montreal was able to throw 400 yards against Saskatchewan on 40 passing attempts, mind you. But still, you need to put the ball in the air. You need to stress this unit. You're going to be able to score through the air if you're able to successfully complete these throws. Uh, defensively, you cannot give Mason Nias time to throw the ball. We talked about how he's a rhythmic passer. We talked about how when you get into a groove, it's game over. So you cannot let Saskatchewan start drives by going completion, completion, Mackert run, Mackert run, Mackert run, completion, completion, completion. You can't let Mason Nias get into a rhythm where he's not throwing incompletions. Otherwise, it's going to be a long drive and it's not going to go in your favor. Finally, this one feels pretty simple. I mean, Adam Mackert is one of the best players in the country. Shut him down. I don't care what Sam Baker does. I don't care what Daniel Perry does. I don't care what Colton Klassen does. I am worried about Adam Mackert, first and foremost, at least for the start of this game. Then you can start to worry about Baker Klassen and the rest of the wide receivers. But to start this game, Adam Mackert is the guy that you need to stop. And uh, when we look at the Huskies, here's how you're going to win. One, we've got to control the clock. Western has dominated time of possession this year. They have killed teams with their defense, taking the ball back, and then just not giving it to the offense again. Uh, it's, you know, easy way to stop you from scoring points is to not let them touch the ball, right? Uh, that's exactly how Western has worked this year. So to go with that, force them to throw. Uh they have a true freshman quarterback in Hillock who played at STM down in Hamilton, one of the top high school programs in the country. But still, it's a different setting to be at the Vanier Cup. And would you rather have him throwing as a true freshman or would you rather have the number one rushing attack in the country breathing down your throat? Before I let you move to the next point, I find it funny. And also, first off, you said uh, one of the best high school programs in the country. So shout out Frontenac Falcons. Uh, for winning off, I already gave I already gave that shout out with Marshall earlier this week. Okay, Connor, you missed oh, it. I didn't get I didn't get a chance to do it. So shout out to Frontenac <laughs> High School. Shout out to Frontenac Secondary in Kingston, Ontario. Second, I find it funny how we we both have forcing Western to throw as both a key to win for Western and a key to lose or a key to win for Western and a key to win for Saskatchewan. Like it, it's funny because it could go it could go very it's only going to go one of two ways poorly or well. So, And that is why it's a key to win <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. A key to win on either side of the argument. Um, but no, let's uh, let's go with uh, one more here. Be creative with Adam Macker. Okay. Be creative in your run schemes, be creative in your passing schemes, how you utilize your ultimate weapon, because we saw the pin and pulls with the tackle. We like traps. We like outside zones. Powers, inside zones, you know, you can get very creative with how you're using him, screen game. But when you use him in the pass game, he's a good route runner. Open him up. That seam that you tried to run in the third quarter, that would have hit if it wasn't for a false start. And I think he would have scored a touchdown on it. Um, be creative. Let him work against linebackers in space. It's where he can thrive because, let's face it, he's fast. He's shifty. He can catch. And, you know, I'm sure Mason Nice wouldn't mind checking it down to a two-yard, five-yard route and watching Mackert skirt for another 60. So uh, be creative with how you use Adam Mackert. Uh, he is the lifeblood of your offense, and the more ways you can get him involved, the more of a chance you have to win. So, Connor, 
what's your final pick? Prediction time. Prediction time. Uh, I can't just like defer install or try to like double defer like they did uh, in Saskatchewan Calgary over the weekend. No. You did, did, did you see that? Oh, yes, I did see. No, no, no. I did see. It. I saw. <laughs> Can the I double, double defer throw. here? <laughs> no. Uh, okay. So I'm going, I'm going 26, 23 uh, Huskies over the Western Mustangs here. Um, do you want me to show my work? Yes, please. Like the rundown. Show you work. Okay. Come on now. I wasn't that student. <laughs> that wasn't me. Are here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know. Like, the way this, the way I see this game breaking down, or I guess kind of the, the, the thing that most intrigues me about Saskatchewan here is, you know, you're right. There, there's a better taste in their mouth twice, not only with uh, the way the Hardy cup fell to Calgary in 2019, but with the way that it fell to Western uh, a few years ago as well. So I think that there's a better taste there, but I also think that Saskatchewan matches up well against Western. Like a lot of, a lot of the things that, Western does well. I think Saskatchewan matches up and has an answer for answer for, I think that when you look at the battle in the trenches, yes, Western has this phenomenal front seven of guys that consist of Deontay Knight, Austin Porter Miller, but you know, also you turn around and you have guys like Sumak, Zur, like Berglov, all these guys across the offensive line for Saskatchewan that has, have seen some pretty aggressive football in the can West. Um, and then you turn around and, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, I, I think that everything that we said about the Western defense rings true for Saskatchewan. They have a very good front seven in their own right. They're able to create a lot of pressure. Now their back end does scare me, but first and foremost, you're going to need to cover down and, and worry about Keon and worry about Keon Edwards and Trey Hume. So I'm fine, I guess, at, at least for the first two quarters, if, if you let some deep shots go and they're completing them, then I guess I have to worry about them, but to start the game, I'm negating what damage that Keon Edwards and Trey Humes are going to do. And again, too, like for Western, for me with taking Saskatchewan in this one is Western, when we look at how Western got here, the OUA itself was weird this year, right? Like it was split in two. We had Western playing mostly Western Ontario teams. So, you know, they, they ran through kind of your McMaster who had a down year, Guelph, who they lost to, Windsor etc. So, um, and then when you go into the playoffs, yes, Queens and Waterloo Queens being the, the Yates cup Queens was probably one of the best teams that they had played, but still didn't, didn't struggle too, too much against. I mean, they kind of shut down Rashid Tucker. They played Anthony Federico. Who's, who's a very good defensive lineman in his own right, but that's a young Queens team. Now you go play a, a relatively young St. FX team in that game kind of went how we all thought it was going to go. Western hasn't played a team like Saskatchewan yet. And I think Saskatchewan has played teams like Western. Like we look at how Saskatchewan got here, Montreal, good team, good defense, good quarterback. I would say would match up well with Western this one as well. You look at teams like Calgary teams, like even Manitoba this year. So I, I think Saskatchewan has played teams of equal or at least close to the same caliber of physicality as Western. Whereas Western, I don't know if Western's played a team like Saskatchewan yet. All right. I don't have any rebuttals. I just have my own prediction. 21-17 Huskies. And I have reasons for you. And they start at seven feet tall and they playing across the offensive line. 
at about the same height, minus a center who has a couple inches off, but it's fine. He's a center. To me, Scott Flory, we know he's the former uh, CFL offensive lineman. This is the foundation of his program. These are the pillars. This is where he builds his team, trenches out. And this is the time that they are on full display. They take over on the national stage and they pave the way to victory. I mean, this is how they're going to win. They're going to dominate at the point of attack. They're going to wear you down because guess what? 1,500 pounds of nonstop pushing and road grading, it wears on you. And by the end of the game, it's going to be pushing people around left, right, and center. And I think that's the difference in this one. I know you've got Beamer and Fry and the other guys that Western has in their offensive line uh, who respectively is top tier as well. But uh, this is where Coach Flory has built his program from. And it's what I think is going to make the difference in the long run. Again, I don't have we're, – we're picking the same team here, so I don't really have any any complaints, any rebuttals about anything you said. Um, now, we talked about this a little bit off air. Um, I, I don't think either of us would be surprised with a Western win either. I mean, we both picked Saskatchewan in this one, but realistically, like, if Western was to come out and play Western football and come away with a win, like, I don't think either of us would be surprised to see that either. I think we're both just taking kind of the – the experience and the veteranship of Saskatchewan in this one. Not that Western's not a veteran team, but. No, I, I think we are respectively taking a look at all of the. I think we're taking a look at all of the factors. And to me, like we have Saskatchewan who like, they have been so close with this team so many times and for Western, like you have new looks in there and new faces like Evan Hillock. And uh, I really think, I really, really think that this Huskies team has enough experience that it's going to make a difference. If we came into like a 17-14 Western win, though, like not, I, not I, a shocker. I, wow, color me very surprised. No, I'm like, Western yeah, can no. easily win this match. It's just how we think the game's going to go. I agree. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So we, we, we're both taking Sask in this one. I think, I, I think rightfully so as, as of right now. Um, and I guess, you know, we'll, we're going to have to wait for what, two, two more days to see how this is going to play out. A couple, a couple more days until all the craziness unfolds, but uh, make sure you head over to Sawdust City Brewing Company. If you want to enjoy some nice brewery, fresh beer for the Vanier Cup. Enter the code CFL at checkout with your first order over $100 to get free shipping. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be of legal drinking age to get that delicious Sawdust City beer from Sawdust City Brewing Company who offer brewery fresh beer. And get geared up for not game day, but Christmas with Fox 40. We all know a coach who needs a little something for the holiday season. They have coaching boards, gear, hats, more at Fox 40. Obviously, we've all seen like the gross, dirty, chewed up whistle in the coaching bag. Just targeting Coach Doyle again, Connor. How get your good. You? I, I'm not knocking that whistle. That whistle is an offset champion lucky whistle. I'm not superstitious. <laughs> I'm just a little stitious. 
But we've all seen the nasty ass whistle in your coach's bag. So go to Fox 40, get your coach, be kind, get your coach a new whistle, get him a coaching board. While you're there, use the code CFP15 at checkout at fox40shop.com. Again, that's CFP15 for 15% off your order. Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle tech. I think that wraps it for us. We are a couple days from craziness. There is normal music back in the lineup this week after Connor's uh, victory parade, shall we call it? Um, something about jealousy, turning saints into the sea, sweet lullabies, prices yeah. I paid, Mr. Brightside. Uh, go blue, hail to the victor. I don't know. Somehow those uh, lyrics something like that. Working. I don't yeah, know. Huh. Um, but no, there's number no two in the nation, again. baby. Uh, Watch them come out and just have like a sticker this week against Iowa. Just absolutely bomb the Big Ten championship and like, blow any hope. Like a 20-point loss. <laughs> really? Is there is there a team? Is there a team in the SEC right now that scares me? No, there's not. There's not. That's for next Tuesday, but there's not. We are not forgetting that comment, okay? Um that's why I dropped it at the end of this episode, so I don't have to say anything about it All right. for like a week. I have like four four days to like sit on what I just said. Come you up with a solid and be like, no, no I highly I was, regret I was that wrong. statement. <laughs> um, at Wade Zank, at Connor R. O'Neill, at CF Perspective. Stay tuned. U Sports season coming down to the wire. It's going to be purple and green, two storied coaches. In La Belle Province, fighting it out for the Vanier Cup. Take care. Enjoy all the football this weekend. See ya.